Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however, whenever, and wherever you're listening to us. Welcome to another DFS Dreamer podcast uh, here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, your host. You can find me on Twitter, at Lofinit on Twitter. You can also follow the show, at FI Today, with a little underscore. And right there under the bios are all my co-host names. Please do not think that because I am the host that I elevate myself over the co-host. The co-hosts are the experts. I am just the guy that gets stuck editing shows and everything. And one of my co-hosts that are listed right there underneath the bio is Pierre. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Peewee31 on Twitter? Doing well, Wes. Doing well. You got to give yourself more credit. You're you're, you're a great host. Give yourself some credit there. But good evening to you, sir. I don't know that I'm a great host. I, I, it's hard for me to hear that. I am always my biggest critic, I believe. Uh, and and I know that I I butcher the English. Did you know that English, though? I mean, in all fairness, English is my second language. Did you know that? I did not. What's your first? I'm still looking for it. I'm not quite sure, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly. It certainly can't be English with how bad I butcher this stuff, you know? <laughs> you got me there. I, I literally thought you had a first language. <laughs> I did take three years of French. I only passed two years of French. Okay, I'm, okay we're gonna, I'm digressing already. This is going to be a long show, Pee-wee. Um, and the, we had to pass an oral exam on the final test, you know, for French 2 to be able to pass French 2. You needed two years of some elective, and I ended up taking French. The teacher asked me each year, why why did you take French? Or at least he asked me that twice because I had to take French 1 twice. And he, he would always ask the question, why would you choose French? And I always said, because it is the language of love. That's what I said. <laughs> as, as, a, as a young kid in school, I, trust me, I was raised in bars. So I, I had plenty of ammunition as far as a smart aleck goes. And in in the to graduate that class or to pass that class, which I needed two years, I was in my junior year. And I mean, I'm, I'm barely getting by just like in every single gra- class that I was in in, that, in, in school. He he was asking me questions. He he say, oh, uh, what would he say? Oh, bonjour, monsieur Wesley. How are you today? Or something, whatever he's saying in French, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd answer him. And then he'd ask me another question. Right? And I have no idea what he's saying. And I learned one phrase. And I would, I would say it like this. I'd say, je ne sais pas, which means I don't know. Right? Je ne sais mm-hmm. pas. And then he'd say, oh, Hmm. Je ne sais pas. You know, I'd, I'd say it with a little, a little extra inflection in there. And he, so he asked me two questions, and then he asked me the third one. And he looked right at me, and I looked at him, and I just kind of did my shoulders. I shrugged my shoulders, and I said, hmm, "Je ne sais pas." <laughs> <laughs> he told me to go take a seat in English, and <laughs> he ended up passing me with a D, and just so he never have to fool with me again. So I That's skated by. I kid you not, though, with the with the name Pierre, whenever I've interacted with, you know, Canadians or French Canadians, they just assume I speak French. So they introduce themselves and I say Pierre and they just start speaking French. And I'm just nodding like, yep, sure. That's the one downfall of being named Pierre. If you do run into anyone from north of the border, they definitely just assume that you're French. I can imagine that. I can. I, I got one more French. Okay, I just this will be real quick. We had to do some kind of video, and I, I, you know, I'm gonna fail this class. I'm failing this class. I had good buddies that bailed me out of these things, and so we had to do some video. But everybody, it had to be in French, right? It had to be in French, and so they're like, you can't speak French. How are you going to be in our video? I said, I don't know. That's your problem. I'm, I'm just here. I'm here for amusement. We ended up doing David Letterman 
All right. So we we right. ended up being David Letterman, and I was a guest star on David Letterman, and I was being interviewed by David Letterman, um, uh, you know, the guy playing it. And so he was talking in French, and I was the famous French. Uh, what do you what do you call those people who don't speak mime? I was mime. a famous French mime. Yeah, like Marcel Margot or whatever it was. Oh, my guy. Shout out to Paul Francisco, who was just, you know, he was a genius, went on to be an, a pilot and all those things. So he was just really smart and he bailed me out of that class. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, let me help Paul Francisco on our DraftKings DFS stuff slate that we have coming up here on Sunday. And, and Pee Wee, I know you play a lot of DFS and you broke some news to me about the NBA here coming up in the near future. Yeah. So it sounds like they're going to vote on the start of the season tomorrow uh, when it comes to the, the players association uh, shooting for a December 22nd start date. Um, and it's going to happen pretty fast. So you look at right now we're at November 4th. So they're shooting for the NBA draft to be uh, November 18th, uh, 48 to 72 hours after that, uh, according to, to Mark Stein on Twitter, they're saying that they're going to start free agency uh, you're looking at training camp December 1st, and then the NBA season starting up December 22nd. So that's that's really quick. That's right around the corner if that were to happen, and that's just another DFS port that I'll be I'll be diving into if that gets passed tomorrow. Yeah, that's a that's a fun DFS sport to play too because injuries happen fast and often in that sport, and and it doesn't seem like DraftKings or a lot of people don't have time to react to that, so you can always plug and play a lot of point guards or centers or anything. They'll always plug and play in those kind of people, so you got to be glued to the news there. Yeah, absolutely. The the value definitely opens up. It, it doesn't get adjusted like at the NFL. you got a whole week uh, to adjust, so the next night you could have some value. It's also less variance, so you're, you're looking at like your, your top guys. You can sometimes have NFL players that, that bust or, you know, receivers that don't have great games. That's usually if healthy, your LeBron James is, your Kawhi Leonard. Those guys are going to put up their numbers, and it's just about mixing in other values. So that's the, the one good thing about the NBA as well is the less variance when it comes to your superstars and, and them getting there. Yeah, I, this week for NFL, one of the greatest things that I see is that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of weather. That's going to play a big part of it. Last week, <laughs> weather was just all over the map, and it was really hard to be able to try and diagnose what was going to happen in those. I did terrible on the fit picks last week, Wee. I did terrible. Yeah, it was tough, and we, we mentioned it uh, some. We, we talked about the, the Vegas uh, and the Browns game, uh, which had the weather. Uh, we talked about Cincinnati, Tennessee. The, the Packers and Vikings was similar where it could have had some weather issues. So it's definitely something you watch. But, yeah, right now it's looking pretty good across the board. Uh, when it comes to the weather this weekend. I did say to hammer that Las Vegas and Cleveland under, though. When I, I knew that wasn't going to be a lot of points there because every team was just, both teams were looking to get off the field right there. And I think we got one of the overs. I said a sneaky overplay was going to be, I can't remember, Denver oh, and... Chargers, yeah, Chargers and Broncos. It was 44 and it hit 61. So that was a great call there. Um, Dalvin Cook, big day. Uh, I definitely spoke to him and how he kills the Packers. Uh, I obviously I know that. Watched a lot of Packers in my household, and unfortunately he did it again. And I had an unhappy uh, better half during that, but uh, she did blame herself, and you know she won a little money because she she played Rodgers with Adams and actually ran it back with Dalvin Cook. So it worked out in her favor listening, uh, but it didn't work out in her favor in rooting for her favorite team. 
I mean, we we always try to highlight some of these big games just to give people a, a little bit of knowledge of the big point totals for mm-hmm. the week, and we may be able to squeeze out a couple of bigger point totals here after uh, we look at some of these games a little bit closer. But I think the biggest point total on the board right now are the Seattle Seahawks versus the Buffalo Bills. That one is sitting at 55 this week, which is which is pretty big point total. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only one that's up there in that higher area. All the rest of them are flirting in the 50s as far as the the next range goes. And, man, there's a couple of low, low, low point totals here. The Giants and Redskins are at 41.5, and and I think that one's going to stick right around there. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys are at 41.5. I think think the Steelers' defense is going to get about 35 of those points. (laughs) <laughs> it's possible. I know the Cowboys haven't named a quarterback yet. They're looking at Rush and Garrett. I'm not sure either one of them is going to matter, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, there are some that are, are getting a little up there. Uh, I know you mentioned Seattle and Buffalo, which I do think uh, is probably going to be the the one to target. Uh, look at that Kansas City and, and Carolina game. Right now, I show it at 52 and a half. Uh, we know Kansas City's capable of, of putting up points. And uh, we may see uh, Christian McCaffrey back, uh, the fantasy darling. Uh, he's practicing now, so we'll we'll see if he gets activated before Sunday. If he does, you could actually see that total rise up a little bit and probably that that spread come down a little bit. Right now, I have Kansas City favored by 10 and a half. Uh, we could definitely see that hit single digits if McCaffrey's back. Yeah, another warning is stay away from those Patriots and the Jets games. Uh, that's 42 and a half right now, unless you're looking to be a sneaky play like maybe the Jets defense. See, they may be a pretty sneaky play this week. We're going to have to look at that and see. Yeah, that's Monday night, so we, we should be able to avoid that one on the, the main slate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It be an ugly Monday night game, but, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. There are some cheap defenses. I know that's your, your wheelhouse, uh, but we do have some cheap defenses that we'll be able to dive into when we get to that category later. Yeah, you know, sometimes I, I just don't understand why they don't throw all these games together. And I know you can play those kind of things. I What happens with me is I have that DraftKings app, of course, and then yeah. I have the Yahoo app. And and uh, Yahoo, especially like that million-dollar thing that you can enter for free or whatever, and I'll go ahead and set that lineup. And then it kind of boggles my mind because they throw everybody in there, right? So I'm, I get I get so turned around on things sometimes, Pee Wee. I, I, get turned I, around. I think they do it because – if it pays out in time, a lot of that money can go back into the Sunday night and Monday night slate. So I feel like that's why a lot of the sites do that now where they, they keep the main slate. They cut off at 425 because uh, barring, you know, those late 425 games going into overtime. A lot of times mm-hmm. I know FanDuel's kind of struggled here a bit lately, but a lot of times those those slates cash out. And then a lot of that money versus being withdrawn, folks are putting back into the, the primetime slates. Cha-ching. So it's all a business thing. I got you. It's business. All right. So let's look at some of these quarterbacks. And of course, Patrick Mahomes starts us off there against Carolina at 8,100. And I think we can go all the way down to Josh Allen at 7,000, who has, has got a great matchup this week. But can we say that Josh Allen has kind of come down to earth a little bit? He has. He's definitely come down to earth uh, the last three, four weeks, really. Uh, so that'd be interesting to watch. He's He's probably going to be my favorite in this group, though. Uh, for one, he's the cheapest. Uh, really good matchup uh, against the Seahawks defense. I know they just traded for Carlos Dumplap, but um, from the Bengals, but he's not going to be ready uh, to go. So I fire up Josh Allen this week. We talked about it earlier, highest over/under on the board right now. Uh, right now, it's projected about 63 degrees, low winds, about four miles an hour. Uh, so this could turn into a shootout. Um, and him, and obviously Russ Wilson, who may be the the MVP of fantasy football. 
uh, so far in this first half of the season. Uh, you can play him at 7,600. I'll probably, if I pay up, uh, we'll have one of those two guys just based off the under, uh, over, under, and the, the game script that I expect. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 7,100, good price tag as well. Uh, going to, to Jacksonville, I feel like he's really started to turn the corner. Uh, the team's still pretty bad. They're, they're not winning games, but, you know, he's put up 24-plus uh, the last four weeks himself. And then you can always play Mahomes. Uh, even last week, he was the same price, 8,100. Really big spread. You know, they were favored by almost 20. Uh, he put up 39 points. You know, they had, a, I think, a 35-point total. Uh, this week, I have him at 31 and a half, and he's capable for uh, being a part of all 31 of those points. So he's definitely a play at 8,100, but I'd lean Josh Allen myself at 7K. Yeah, I'm going to roll the dice with Deshaun Watson in a lineup or two. I just... I, I'm very curious to see what happened with Jacksonville because I know Minshew was is a little bit banged up allegedly, right? But mm-hmm. he was going to make that move regardless, I believe, coming out of this, uh, going into this week. And I, I just wonder if that team isn't being told to lay down right now, you know, and and not trying to be coached up maybe as well, so that they can get that high draft pick or that higher draft pick. That's what I'm thinking. I'm rolling the dice with Deshaun Watson this week. I could expect a big week out of him in Jacksonville, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, both teams are one and six, and you have to feel like the, the loser. Obviously, the Texans don't need it, but if the Jags lose, you know, they're right there gaining a uh, game away from the Jets for being in that Trevor Lawrence sweet stakes. Uh, you may have a team try to get up there for for Justin Fields out of Ohio State, who I think is a really good quarterback as well. Uh, so there's definitely some, I guess, motivation to lose. I don't think teams play to lose, but it's definitely something to, to keep your eye on when it comes to those bottom of the barrel. In our next quarterback groupings here, Matthew Stafford, of course, has been ruled out. Now, I believe he's been ruled out uh, for this week. He's got COVID, and uh, last thing I saw, he was ruled out, so I think he's going to be. But it starts off with Lamar Jackson who's at 6,900, and it goes all the way down to Teddy Bridgewater from last week, who has 6,000 here, and he might still be a little bit banged up, and I definitely don't want to be a little banged up heading into that speedy Kansas City Chief defensive uh, uh, battlefield. Yeah, that'll be tough for, for Teddy. Uh, they may be behind, so he may have to pass the ball. Uh, I do like Robbie Anderson, and you know I like DJ Moore, and then he may have McCaffrey back, so it's possible that you know he'll be able to, to keep up. I don't think they'll win that game, but he may have to throw, uh, may have to use his legs some. So he could be in play. I probably won't play him. I do want to circle back to, to Matthew Stafford. So you mentioned uh, he hit the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, from what I've read, he's uh, just considered high risk and close contact. So I don't believe he's tested positive for it himself. Okay. Uh, and based off the last report from Adam Schefter, it said he could be eligible to play Sunday uh, as long as he remains asymptomatic and tests is negative. Uh, basically for five days in a row. So if he, I think Sunday's that day. So if he clears, if he doesn't have any symptoms and he tests is negative, he's actually in line to play uh, Sunday. So that's definitely something to keep your eye on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Didn't he, I thought he was put on the COVID list earlier this year during, during training camps with like many other of the Detroit Lions. So this might be Matthew Stafford's second bout with this actually. It could be. It could be. So definitely something to monitor. But as of right now, he still has a possibility of playing. Obviously, if he doesn't, it's going to open up uh, some some value at the quarterback position. But just touching on this range, uh, you do mention uh, Lamar Jackson there at 6,900. Uh, he hasn't lived up to the, the MVP season that he had last year. Uh, been really inaccurate when it comes to his passing attempts. 
and uh, hasn't really, you know, I mean, he's using his legs, but he hasn't had those big, big games uh, like he had last season. I'm personally hoping that continues this week, uh, coming to Indianapolis and, and facing my coats. Uh, I do expect him to play well, though. Uh, they had a really poor showing, I felt, at least last week in the, the Pittsburgh Steelers divisional matchup. He had, you know, two interceptions. He got sacked a few times, uh, fumbled in the red zone one time, I believe. So I expect him to bounce back. I hope not, but I think he could be playable for sure at 6,900. I do like the Colts defense. I feel like we're, we're fast. Uh, we can really, really spy on him with guys like Darius Leonard and keep him contained. Uh, but he's still going to be a problem. So 6,900 is actually a good price. Might be the cheapest we see him. Uh, so you definitely want to get him a look. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, he's kind of showing out. Uh, he's he's doing really, really well since coming yeah, in. He he's only had one game under under 20 points all season uh, since he entered the, the lineup in week two after the Tyra injury. Uh, he's thrown for three touchdowns four weeks in a row at least. Uh, good matchup against the Raiders, uh, 6,800. His price actually went down 100. Uh, so I think he can play Justin Herbert for sure at 6,800. Uh, Roethlisberger, he's not throwing enough for me. Uh, it is the Dallas uh, Cowboys who have just fallen off a, a map after after Dak's injury. But even when Dak was healthy, that defense has really struggled. I know they cut a few guys recently uh, just to kind of get some younger guys in there and hope that that defensive line, I think it was Don Terry Poe, and I can't remember the other one, but they've, they've released some guys, kind of give some young guys a chance. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but Roethlisberger could be in play at 6,500. I think I probably like uh, his weapons more than I like him just based off his limited pass attempts. Uh, so that's something to look at. And probably really the only one I attack um, in this position. You can look at Matt Ryan. I'm kind of worried with Ridley being questionable. Uh, Ryan doesn't tend to do well when he only has Julio Jones. Obviously, Julio can get his stats. But as a whole, I don't feel personally, uh, just based off the games I remember and I've watched, that Matt Ryan really performs well with only Julio on the field because he tends to zone in on him. Uh, so I may avoid him against Denver here this week at 6,400. I really like Herbert this week and that Las Vegas Raiders game. I think that that game is going to actually turn into a shootout more so than anything else. I know the Raiders, they used a lot of Josh Jacobs last week, and it really seems like uh, the Chargers are leaning upon Herbert quite a bit to throw the ball up and, and, and air it out quite often. So I, I could see this one being a, a pretty good shootout here. And Derek Carr starts off our next tier at 5,700 only. And so he's a cheap option. So whenever I think about stacking them up and running them back, I'm definitely thinking about the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers here, Pee Wee. Yeah, good total right now. I have it at 52. Uh, you got to watch the wind. I know it's it's out in California, 17 miles an hour wind, though. And that's kind of why the, the Raiders really leaned on the, the run game more so than usual uh, with Jacobs last week because of the, the wind in Cleveland. I don't expect it to be that poor. It obviously won't be as cold. Uh, so it's a pretty good price on Derek Carr at 5,700. Uh, he's he's going to get you Decent point. So you look, he's gotten 20, 28, 24, 17, 22. That's all, you know, three times or more. So he's definitely capable of that. Uh, if you feel like they'll be trailing, he may be airing it out a bit more. Uh, so I think that's a good price. I do agree with you. This is a pretty good game to potentially target, uh, given the shootout potential. So I do like him at 5,700. Uh, Phil Rivers, that's my guy, but I'm probably not going to play him at, at 56 against that Baltimore defense. I feel like this is probably going to be more of a defensive battle. 
Uh, right now, the over-under is at 47. I could see that even coming down a little bit to, to 46, 45, uh, depending on the news. For one, with uh, the Ravens themselves, uh, I know Marlon Humphrey had tested positive for the, the COVID-19, as, as well as a few others in close contact that are, are questionable for this game. Uh, on the coach side of the ball, you have uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, questionable for groin. He'll probably miss. Uh, so I can see that total definitely getting lower. Um, Tua, uh, Tonga Viola. It uh, didn't play well, I didn't think, uh, personally last week, but great game uh, just in general for the Dolphins. Their defense scored twice, uh, which was wonderful. Another thing I called out, I think I even put them in my lineup that I built at the end of last week. They were really cheap, uh, and they got on the board quick uh, with the defenses. Uh, his stat line did not look great, uh, but the, the team played really well. Uh, they'll be in a faster pace matchup uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, if they get behind again, he, he may have to use his arm a little bit more. Uh, so he's someone you might want to consider at 55. You may have a lot of folks off of him uh, because of that first week and what his stat line looked like. Uh, but you got to remember that was uh, the Rams defense with Aaron Dono and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I know they'll have Patrick Peterson probably shadowing Devontae Parker, uh, but this will still be a decent matchup for Tua this week. Um, probably not going to go too much lower than that. The only ones that you really want to consider is with the injury news. Uh, you got to look at the Chase Daniel, I believe he'll probably get the, the call over David Blau um, in Detroit. If Stafford's ruled out all the way down at the minimum salary at 4K, uh, you may have some insight on, on Chase Daniel, as I know he backed up for the, the Bears for a while, uh, but he could be in consideration. Uh, you got Lutton, who's coming in for, for Minshew uh, with Jake Luton, uh, 4,900. I don't know much about him. I know he was a six-round pick. Uh, we'll see how he plays. Uh, you may want to take a shot on him. You know, you can always stack him of a couple of his players. If you like that Houston game, I know you mentioned you like Deshaun um, earlier at the, the higher price tier. So it could be some run back options uh, when it comes to the, the Jaguars and then Drew Locke. Uh, I think he's playable as well at 5,200 against the Falcons. Uh, he comes off a pretty good game. They slowed, slowed down really early against the Chargers uh, when it comes to last week and they got behind, but he, he came back and they came back and won that game. Uh, he threw for 248, three touchdowns. Uh, 20 fantasy points, which at, at this range right now would give you close to, you know, four times value. So that's something to definitely look at with Drew Locke at 5,200 if you want to go down to this price range. The only thing, the only reason why I'm looking at Kyle Allen, and I, I keep talking myself out of it after I think about it for a little while, because Bradbury, of course, is going to be locking up McLaurin here uh, for the Washington Redskins or, well, Bradbury for the Giants on, on McLaurin for the Redskins. But they're just, Washington might be put in really good position to score on Sunday because the Giants like to turn the ball over quite often, it seems like. <laughs> and so yeah. Washington just could be in that position at the same time. I don't think that you can trust that team to put up more than 20, 21 points uh, for the day. But I do like Drew Locke, and I like his value against that Atlanta Falcon defense. I know that defense has been a little bit stout lately, but maybe something clicked for Locke. I'm not going to say to build every lineup around him, but I could see me building a lineup or two around that Denver offensive team. And no, I have no insights on Chase Daniel. None, none whatsoever. Okay, none whatsoever on Chase Daniel. I mean, I know what you're saying, but no, don't just stay away from Chase Daniel. No Galladay, no nothing. Just no. Yeah, I, I get that, but I mean, that's a that's a really cheap price for a quarterback. If he's going to be the starter, if he's going to play the the whole game, it's it's not like Minnesota's defense has been great. Uh, they've really given up a lot through the past. Um, and you don't need much. I mean, you're looking at 12 to 15 for him to hit value. And if you do that, he's just going to open up a ton where you can play a lot of the higher price guys and good matchups when it comes to, to running back and wide receiver. 
Uh, not saying to do it, but I'm saying you're going to have to look at it for sure when it comes to your lineup construction if Matt Stafford's ruled out. But you're, but you know what I would have to do then? What's I that? would have to play Chase Daniel. <laughs> Wait, I got to make sure. Oh, yeah, I can say it. I, I, I got I to gotta play Chase Daniel naked at a cheap price. <laughs> that just doesn't sound – that sounds like a Saturday night, but it doesn't sound like a very fun Sunday morning, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it could work at it. The quarterback I, I'm thinking of playing and I'm leaning towards playing, I will probably play naked just because of the the price tag of his receiver that I like the best. But we'll get to that uh, later on. But I mean, you do have some stacking options. You got to remember that Kenny Galladay's already been ruled out with a hip uh, when we get to to wide receiver. So there's some value that could open up uh, for the Lions if you if you do want to stack it. But again, at 4K. Uh, for a starting quarterback uh, against the 30th ranked passing defense, it's just something I you got to consider if Stafford's rolled out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, good, good point. Good point. All right, and I'm just being I'm just being that smart Alec back in freshman <laughs> high school days. That's all. I'm doing. All right, back to our, our over to our wide receivers now. Stephon Diggs. I can't believe Stephon Diggs is is in this top group really, just because he hasn't really done much this past week or two that I, I can remember anyway. But it starts off, of course, with DeAndre Hopkins going against that Miami Dolphin defense, and I think that this is going to be just a light show for Arizona this week. And I I want to say our our tier. I I'd hate to stop it with Calvin Ridley because I don't even think that he's an option to play at 7,000 with that injury that he has. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, to play Ridley. He, I don't think he's going to play. I know he didn't practice today, uh, but we'll, we'll follow that as the week goes. But I'd probably avoid Ridley. Uh, you can always play DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, again, he's, he's the highest price receiver, uh, 8,200 right now, but he's paid that off. Uh, a few times this year and against the Dolphins, uh, 26 ranked uh, passing defense. Uh, they had Xavier Howard, who I felt like was a really up and coming cornerback. Uh, so, I mean, you can see how they play him. Uh, I probably won't get up there just because I'll be paying up elsewhere at other positions. Uh, but I do like Hawkins at 8,200. Uh, I caught Metcalf last week. I thought he was in the best spot against the 49ers. And that uh, really came to fruition there at 43 points, had 12 catches. 161 yards, two touchdowns. Um, again, he was also in my wife's lineup, so I don't know how I'm not putting in these guys that she's getting in when she's <laughs> apparently just listening to me. Uh, but more power to her. I, I love that for her. But I'll probably be on the the other uh, Seahawks receiver this week. Um, and so far, I've been pretty pretty right when I've come to picking the weeks for them. Uh, but we'll get to him and his price range. And, and Diggs is really the one I was kind of – kind of mentioning when I talked about potentially playing a quarterback that's naked. So I feel like he's the best option on the Bills. Uh, he's getting the targets, you know, 9, 11, 8, 16, 7, 6, 13, 9. He's the, the main target getter when it comes to Josh Allen. I'm just not sure I can pay 7400 for him. Uh, looking at it, he's really only paid that off twice uh, so far. And in week five, he barely got at that price tag. If you look at the value uh, with 23.6. So I don't think I can pay that much for Diggs, though I feel like he's the, the primary weapon that you'll want to have if you are going to stack it uh, with Josh Allen. I just don't think I can pay that price. But Julio Jones could be due for the, the breakout. So I mentioned I don't like Matt Ryan himself when it's only Julio on the field without Ridley because I really feel like he forces Julio the ball and the, the Falcons themselves get kind of stagnant and don't play as well when that happens. But when that happens on the flip side, Julio Jones gets his stats. Uh, so you can definitely play him even more so if Ridley's out. 
at 7200 That's a, a really good price range. He's starting to really come around. He's had eight catches, three games in a row. Uh, I guess last week he had seven, but 137. Uh, he's got a couple touchdowns. He's getting about 10 targets a game. So I really like the 7200 price on Julio Jones. Uh, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, you can play him any week. Uh, he's still one of the main targets in that, the best offense I feel in the NFL. Uh, with Mahomes throwing in the ball. Uh, I just can, he's kind of boom when it comes to the big plays. He, he doesn't really add up when it comes to his targets, receptions. You really need those big plays for touchdowns for him to pay off. Uh, but it definitely could happen. He came up about $400 uh, from last week to 7100 And then Keenan Allen, I know you mentioned uh, Justin Herbert, you know, being a guy you really like. I really like him as well uh, with the stats that he's putting up. And a lot of his targets are, are geared towards Keenan Allen. Uh, DraftKings finally raised his price uh, from the, the 6000 up to seven k. I'm still not sure it's high enough, uh, just based off the targets. He's getting double-digit targets basically every week. Uh, he, he's not dropping many. I know as of last week, he hadn't had a single drop uh, so far uh, in the season. I can't remember if he had a drop or if they, I guess, counted towards a drop. I know I was watching uh, that game a little bit uh, once it got late, and I know he had come bounce off his hands. I just don't know if they deemed him as catchable or not, but he's getting the targets. He's catching the majority of them. Uh, so if he can get you again another 21 or so plus uh, like he has in back-to-back weeks, he's going to pay off that 7K salary, and he's definitely a target monster so far this year. I wish we could take Tyreek Hill and Julio Jones and make a Tyreek Jones or Julio Hill because uh, you know, be Julio fair. Jones gets – yeah, well, it'd be, it'd be a monster because Julio Jones, he goes up and down the field all day long, and he gets you in between the 20s all day long, but mm-hmm. he can't find the end zone. And then Tyreek Hill is the guy who always finds the end zone, but he never catches a pass within, you know, just on the regular field of play. So I wish we could just combine them both and we would just have a, a monster, a Julio Hill monster. <laughs> yeah, that would be nasty. And if a, a team can kind of build that type of player, that could be what we're starting to see with DK Metcalf. I know he's young, but he's got some potential to kind of have that good blend. We saw his speed when he, he tracked down Buda Baker. He, he's definitely catching, you know, inside the 20s as well as taking it to the house. So DK Metcalf may be that hybrid that you're you're kind of thinking of right now. It may be. I'm glad I have him on my team. I, you know, you 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 uh, uh, convinced me last week to get Cooper on my, my fantasy thing when I put out that out on Sunday night. Who should I start on Sunday night? And Cooper, I needed 10 points to secure my victory against a, a very formidable foe last week. And Cooper ended up giving me one point. One point. It, I, I, it, I had Garoppolo who gave me two points. Garoppolo outscored Cooper by he doubled his score. And then I had Galladay in that lineup who gave me zero points. Ooh. And I still ended yeah, yeah, and I still ended up win, I still scored 150 something points last week and I ended up winning the week because I had Metcalf, because I had Diggs. Oh no, not Diggs, Cook, and I had uh or Cooks I should say, and I also had Adams. And it, it was basically just those three guys and that's that's all it took, really. I know <laughs> So, again, I hate to keep breaking up my wife's lineup, but she had Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf. The four of them alone combined for 150 points on DraftKings. Well, we need to have your wife on the show maybe, and she could take my spot. I'll, I'll, of course, I still want you to be around. All right. so <laughs> She's just listening hey. to us, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> She's a better <laughs> listener than us men are apparently. Uh, probably, most likely. Allen Robinson starts us off in the next tier. What what a great catch he had Sunday night. I, I, this guy, look, 
I know Allen Robinson wants a contract extension. He's with my Bears. I would hate to see him leave. But that's how much I love Allen Robinson, okay? I want him to leave. I want him to leave. I want him to go somewhere where there's a quarterback who can get him a ball in stride, where he doesn't have to end up on the ground every time he catches the ball. I want Allen Robinson to go somewhere and be successful. My hat's off to him. He's a hard worker. He's done so much, not only for himself, but also for the Bears, and I want the best for him. And I, I just I, I hate to be able to say something like that. Yeah, he's he's a great individual. Um, I remember him at Penn State, and he's really just brought his game a, a long way. Uh, you're definitely a better man than I, as I wouldn't wish for my best player to go anywhere. Uh, but I appreciate that insight. Uh, he, I wasn't even sure he's going to play. You know, he was in the concussion protocol for most of the week, and for him to to really show up the way he did uh, was truly impressive against Marshawn Lattimore. At that, uh, it would be nice to see him. You know, with a quarterback that can really get him the ball. Uh, but just enjoy him. Enjoy him while he's there and continue yep. to root him on because he's a great person. He, there's no way he's signing back with the Bears. Bears won't pay enough money. Bears actually might pay enough money because the front office is that crazy to say, well, we'll pay a, a huge salary to a wide receiver and still have no quarterbacks for the next 10 years. So they might actually do something like that. But uh, I just can't see him staying there. He's been so frustrated in Chicago. But anyway, he's he's our next start of our next year at 6,900 going against those Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure that that's I'm not sure about that salary with him, but we'll go all the way down here. We'll just go to that uh, 60. Let's go to that 6,300 range with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, so I do like Allen Robinson at 6,900. Um, again, it does, is a little unfortunate uh, the quarterback situation. I believe Trubisky got hurt. Uh, I know he was only in that one play, but I'm pretty sure I read he got hurt that one play uh, that he came in and kind of ran that R that RPO type of play. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But you know him and him and Foles, you know they they have a connection. I feel like Foles has a pretty good connection with uh, Mooney as well and just seems to, to miss him. I know he hit him last week. Uh, but you can't play Robinson there at 6,900. Uh, I mentioned the Seattle receiver, and the one I like this week is going to be Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's going to be in the slot, so he should uh, be able to avoid Tredavious White, uh, the, the the great Bills cornerback there. Uh, Buffalo's probably going to give up uh, more points when it comes to the, the slot position, and I think it's another Lockett week. Uh, they're kind of alternating right now uh, when it comes to, to Metcalf and Lockett, but Lockett's probably the, the Seahawks receiver I play this week at 6,800. Um, like Will Fuller as well at the same price uh, going up against Jacksonville. This guy's just scoring touchdowns. Uh, he scored touchdowns five weeks in a row. Uh, he was on the trade block uh, with the Packers. I know they were really trying to get him, get some help for Rodgers, which I thought would have been a really great spot for him opposite Devontae Adams. Uh, reports are the, the Packers only offered a fourth and the, the Texans were offering the second. Uh, so that didn't really pan out. If Bill O'Brien would have still been there, <laughs> Packers may have got away with it. Uh, but Bill O'Brien gone. Uh, Will Fuller is going to stay there in Houston. I, I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to take advantage and really use him. Uh, so 6800 is definitely a playable price for him. Adam Thielen, I, I think that you'll start to see those receivers uh, when it comes to the Vikings kind of lose some of their, their luster a bit uh, with Dalvin Cook back and, and getting the rock. Uh, Detroit hasn't been great uh, against running backs. I know we saw uh, Jonathan Taylor kind of fizzle out. Um, I know he had an ankle injury, but when you look at Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, uh, they both got in the end zone, and Dalvin Cook's really superior to them. So I, I feel like the, uh, you'll probably avoid the Vikings receivers this week and, and more geared towards Cook. A.J. Brown, <clears throat> he's definitely playable every week. Uh, he's the, the main target there with, with Tennessee when it comes to the passing game. Uh, I don't mind him at 6,600. 
Uh, you mentioned McLaurin. So they played the Giants earlier this year, and he had a pretty decent stat line. He had seven catches for 74 yards, uh, 12 targets. But he, he does have Bradbury, as you mentioned, uh, chasing him. I expect that game to be pretty low scoring. They put up 39 total uh, points when it came to, to week six. And right now the over-unders, hmm, 42. So right around that same range, I'll probably avoid McLaurin at uh, 6,500 when you, you look at him opposite Bradbury. Uh, and then you get down here to the, the 6,300 range of Robbie Anderson. Uh, not sure I'm going to play him. I, I feel like, again, kind of similar uh, to the Viking situation. If Christian McCaffrey's back, he's going to be more involved in the offense itself. And I think that's going to take away some of the targets from the receivers. Yeah, I, I, I giggled. Whenever you start talking about Chicago and Foles having a great, you know, pretty good connection with Robinson and Mooney, and I, I just giggled because the only thing I saw, the only thing I saw him having a good connection with is the ground because he just overthrows everybody, uh, out of bounds, just. <laughs> So, and then you, you mentioned you, you mentioned uh, what's his name coming in, Mitch coming in and getting hurt in one play. I, it's just it's 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 getting bad. I'm just telling you, it's getting bad. That's I I was saying that a long time ago when what they were five and one, and I said there's no possible way it's just going to be on a lance. It's boom, going straight downhill right now. I'm pretty there's sure that foes even caught out the fact that some of the play calls from Nagy, yeah, there's just not protection. There's not enough time. <laughs> to get the playoff uh, because of the routes that they're running. So he, he has to make adjustments, but I think that'd be okay if he can. I'm just not sure if he can. No, they're not. They're, it's not. It's just not. Uh, st- you need to start selling off bears. If you have a bear, you need to start selling them off. Uh, uh, the only, the only bright spot I got is Pagano over there, allowing it, making his defense play hard. His defense still plays hard for, th- for mm-hmm. him, even though that offense is just terrible right now. And and that defense does not quit. So I'm staying away from all the Titans if I possibly can. Um, and, and I'm staying away from all the Bears if I possibly can. But one guy I like in this group is Will Fuller. Once again, with that Jacksonville thing, I just, I'm just i going on a hitch. Uh, and, and we haven't seen that huge game from Fuller. We've seen some really good games from him and a lot of good games from him. But we haven't seen that Will Fuller huge game. And I'm sniffing that out right here coming off of a bye week. That's me. <laughs> It's possible. I like him as well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, sunny Jacksonville, uh, 75 right now is the, the weather. 50. I got it 50 and a half is the over under. Uh, Texans favored by seven. So they should be out ahead. And that could be uh, do the Watson in and out the fuller. Juju Smith-Schuster starts us off at 6,200 on the next one, Pee-wee. And let's go down here to the guy who I'm looking at for Arizona, Christian Kirk at 5,300. Yeah, I think you're going to want a part of the the Steelers for sure this week uh, against the the, the Cowboys. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, they got three uh, really good receivers with Juju Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Uh, they've also been leaning on James Conner a lot. And then as you spoke, uh, the defense uh, could definitely put up a lot of points this week as well. Uh, so I'm not sure I'll play Juju, but he's definitely playable at 6,200. Uh, especially against this Cowboys secondary. He's he's gotten targets the last two weeks at least, uh, eight and 14 targets. So it seems like uh, Roethlisberger's starting to look his way a little bit more um, and get a little away from uh, Claypool. Um, so we'll see if that continues here against Dallas. But 6200 pretty decent price tag for Juju. I'm going to skip these, these next guys. I don't like Jefferson with uh, this, the run game dependent Vikings, I feel now with Dalvin Cook's back. Uh, Hollywood Brown, he, he could be a, a squeaky wheel type of situation. Um, I know he made a post about uh, basically the weapons in Baltimore not being used. And I don't know if that was a shot at the, the coaching staff or a shot at his quarterback. 
um, who's really been inaccurate when it comes to a lot of the passing attempts that he's made um, in general. Uh, you look last week, he only had two targets, uh, one catch, three yards. Obviously, that catch was a touchdown, was helped a little bit. Uh, but you could see some more targets geared his way uh, to keep him happy. Uh, it is indoors uh, there against uh, Indianapolis, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, he may not be someone I play, but 6K, I can see that squeaky wheel narrative uh, for Marquis slash Hollywood Brown. Uh, Chase Claypool, it seems like he's really mostly playable on the weeks that Deontay Johnson's out. Um, he's still on the field. Uh, he's getting snaps. Uh, he got more targets last week against the Ravens. He got nine targets, uh, had five for 42 and a touchdown after only having one and four targets. So he's definitely still playable. Again, you want some part of that Pittsburgh offense. He could be in play at 5,700. Uh, sorry on the Cooper call. Uh, I really felt like uh, Danucci was going to have to really lean on uh, the passing game and, and lean on his best receiver, who I feel like Omari Cooper is the best receiver on the Cowboys. But majority of those targets were, were going to Michael Gallup. Uh, so that, that definitely gets good switch. Uh, we'll see. But 5,600 is a good price for Cooper. I just can't trust uh, the quarterback situation. I don't know. You know, if it's going to be rushed, if it's going to be cared, uh, either way, I don't think they'll be really good, and you really don't want to play them, I don't feel, uh, against right. that Steelers defense. Uh, jumping down, you mentioned uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, he's he's interesting to me. So he's started to really turn the corner since coming back from injury, uh, 20 points in back-to-back games. Uh, but when you look at who he's faced, it, it's been the the Cowboys and the Seahawks. They have really poor secondaries. Uh, the Dolphins don't have the, the best secondary, but I, I feel like they're serviceable. Uh, so I'm not sure I'll pay 5300 for Christian Kirk. Uh, Beasley, I, I feel like the slots where you want to attack Seattle. I just don't think I like 5400 for Beasley either. Uh, so this is really a tough price range for me. Uh, DJ Shark could be interesting. Uh, he he was really the main person that Minshew really connected with uh, for one last year. And then, you know, this year it just really hasn't come together. He had the one big game against Cincinnati uh, where he had eight, 95, and two touchdowns. I still feel like he's talented, so maybe the quarterback change uh, with Minshew's injury is going to help him some against a Texan secondary that isn't good in themselves. Uh, when you look at the shootout, so DJ Shark at 5,200 could be a good play, but that's really going to depend on uh, the quarterback and how good Lutton actually is. Yeah, and I'm, you, you kind of went over here a little bit, and I missed on Devontae Parker as far as you saying anything about him, but I, I wanted to find out who Tua liked who Tua was going to throw to, mm-hmm. because I think rookie quarterbacks really zone in in one area and zone in on one person. And last week, to me, that was Devontae Parker whenever I was watching that game. Once again, we didn't see Tua throw the ball all that much, but in the red zone, it was Devontae Parker. And I saw him throw it to Devontae a couple of more times, and, and, and Parker actually caught the ball. Uh, so I, I'm looking at that. And then our guy who we were kind of wondering – who's going to be the slot guy, Isaiah Ford. He ended up getting traded to the New England Patriots, so he's Mm -hmm. out of the equation. I can just see him throwing it to Parker over and over and over again. Yeah, potentially. The the reason I didn't speak to Parker was uh, the Patrick Patterson situation. I feel like he's he's the the cornerback that you really want to avoid with the Cardinals. They have two of them. Patrick Peterson, I don't know why I said Patterson. Got that NBA coming up on my mind, I guess. Hmm. Uh, Peterson, there's two. I think there's Kevin Peterson on the other side. And then Patrick Peterson, I expect Patrick to be the one that follows Parker. Uh, he's been really good again this year. Uh, so I'd probably avoid the Devontae Parker this week if he's sure. been shadowed by, by Patrick Peterson this week. No, that's a good call this week. I was kind of referring more to a redraft. I'm glad you pointed that out because it's just uh, over the season long, 
I don't think that we have to be scared away from Parker a little bit. We just got to pay closer attention to what Tua is liking to throw the football to, if I said that correct. All right, so Marvin Joe Jr. is a hot name out there, right? Uh, Marvin Williams is a hot name out there as well. And mostly Jones Jr. is because of the injury to Galladay. But now if Stafford's not in there, which we are speculating that possibly he could be, I don't know, though, that I've ever been able to trust him in a situation where he has to be the number one Pee-wee. Yeah, it's a tough situation. Uh, again, Galladay is out, and you're going to have to see what happens with, with Stafford. If it's Chase Daniel, uh, you may not want to play Jones. 5100 still a pretty good price tag, even if he is the number one. Uh, may look more you know, down towards the, the Almondola range at 3700 when it, we get down to the cheat spots. I just don't know if I can trust Marvin Jones. He's way too inconsistent for me. And then uh, Mike Williams, again, you like Herbert. He's definitely someone you can stack. Uh, I would prefer the, the Keenan Allen route. Obviously, he's more expensive. It's getting more targets, but Mike Williams has been you know, really serviceable. you got to worry about his injury history. Sometimes he gets dinged up, leaves the game, comes back, et cetera. Uh, that's always a question mark with him. But he, he's coming off a really good game, uh, five catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown against the Broncos. Uh, you could see a letdown game uh, against uh, the, the Raiders, uh, but he also could have back-to-back games. Uh, I know you like that game, good over-under. So it's definitely a, a playable position at 5,100 when it comes to Mike Williams. Yeah, no, I think I said, I don't know what I said there. I, I really like Jerry Judy here. He seems to be catching on a little bit. And I, it's somewhat of a coming back home party with him down in Atlanta. He's familiar with that stadium a little bit, going against Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, then Jerry Judy's going to be there, you know, a bunch of Alabama wide receivers right there, all in a grouping. And he's only 4,700. Locke has got to throw the ball to somebody. And I know Locke is on my radar for starting a stack with, and it just very well might be with Jerry Judy. Yeah, I like Judy a lot this week as well. I think 4700 is a good price range against the, the Falcons secondary. Uh, she spoke to her earlier, just hasn't really played well this this year at all. They're 28th ranked against the pass. Uh, Judy had a lot of targets. He had 10 targets last week, most targets he's had all season so far. Again, they were trailing in that game uh, against the Chargers and had to kind of play keep up. Uh, so hopefully it's a more of a shootout mentality uh, there in Atlanta as well. But I think he's definitely playable at 4,700. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who we, we went down, he's at 5K. Uh, he's the Steelers receiver I would probably lean towards right now um, when it comes to that Cowboys matchup. Uh, 5K, really good price tag, coming off a, a poor game. Uh, so usually, you know, those guys aren't on the radar for those game log watchers. Uh, they see that 1.6 points and, and maybe don't play him. Uh, I feel like he's in a bounce back spot. Uh, 5K when it comes to Deontay Johnson. Uh, watch the Tim Patrick uh, news. I know he hurt his hamstring. Uh, he was limited at practice today. Uh, he had some pretty big games leading up to that hamstring injury that he got against uh, the Chiefs. Uh, 17 against New England, 26.3 against the Jets, 14 against Tampa. Uh, he's put up you know 200 yard games this season. Uh, he's 200, you know, extra than Judy. So if everyone's going uh, to Jerry Judy, who I personally do prefer, uh, you could definitely get off that and be a little contrarian with Tim Patrick. Uh, so I just watch his injury and, and see if he's in play there at 4,900. Uh, don't like C.D. Lamb. Again, we kind of mentioned the Cooper situation. Uh, he only had five targets in that game against the, the Eagles. Uh, so we just got to kind of wait to see uh, when it comes to the new quarterback that steps in this week. Um, good price uh, tag, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. You kind of broke up there. It's probably my internet connection. But I really love Deontay Johnson there, 5,000. That's that's really cheap for Ben Roethlisberger's preferred target, it seems like, uh, whenever he's throwing the football. 
Yep, I agree. He's in the, the slot most of the time. So again, 5K, he's probably my favorite Steelers receiver uh, this week. John Brown, I know you don't like him. Uh, he's definitely someone to watch. Again, he didn't practice today because of uh, the knee injury he's been dealing with. Uh, 4,600, you know, if we, we do like that Seahawks-Bills game. Uh, he's always someone you could throw into a stack with Josh Allen, uh, so I pay attention to him. Uh, if we want to go down a little bit cheaper, again, we got a new quarterback situation in Jacksonville. Uh, perhaps they get LaVisca Chenault more involved. Uh, 4,200, he's something to, someone to monitor uh, with a new quarterback situation. If he's targeted a little bit more, especially with those guys that are basically backups. So you, you don't know who they're targeting in practice, uh, who they've targeted, you know, in the second unit, things along those lines. So if they build a rapport, you know, earlier in the year, you know, you could see him, you know, target a Chenault, uh, a Keenan Cole, things along those lines. So we'll see how that plays out because Keelan Cole's right there as well, 4K. Uh, again, this is all Jacksonville, so tread carefully. Uh, but again, you're looking at the, the Texans high over under, uh, playing in Florida, nice weather. So those receivers are something you can look at when you get down the 4K range, as well as Michael Gallup, who I mentioned uh, played against the Eagles, led the team in targets with 12. I know it's not going to be Danucci, but you know you definitely want to pay attention to you know these younger receivers and kind of who they zone in on. I feel like 4K is really really cheap uh, for someone as talented as Michael Gallup, even against the Steelers secondary. Now, I'm, I'm a little offended. You said that, you know, I, I don't like John Brown. Now, listen, I have nothing against John Brown, the man. And you said that uh, that, that that you'd like to watch to watch John Brown. You said you need to watch John Brown. I don't mind people watching John Brown. I'm just encouraging everybody not to play him. You can watch him all you want. Just don't play him in DFS. Don't play him and don't set him in your rosters or anything. And I'm going to I'm going to warn everybody. Right now, here. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a bell. I don't have a hand clap. I don't. I don't. Ding. Oh, that was boy. That was good. That was very loud. That's the loudest you've been all night long. Uh, Amari Cooper. Okay. Okay. If this kind of quarterback play continues to happen, he's going to get hurt. And I don't mean hurt. I'm, he's going to get hurt. His feelings are going to get hurt. He's going to end up being hurt, and he's going to end up standing on the sidelines. I know it's going to be really hard to get anything for him in a redraft league or anything like that right now at this at this potential spot that we're in with him not having a quarterback. But if you can get anything for him, I'm just telling you, I, I've seen him for years. I've watched him for years. And this guy's feelings are going to get hurt. And he's not going to like not being the number one guy. <laughs> I, I know I know that whoever it is comes in there. Hopefully they're going to eyeball him and they're hopefully they're going to target him. Uh, but and I thought Dalton was doing a pretty good job at doing that. But if Gallup is getting all the targets, if C.D. Lamb is getting all the targets, and, right. and if Amari Cooper – look, Amari Cooper has himself on every fantasy team that he has, okay? <laughs> and if he only gets one point, that's not going to last very long. He'd rather get zero than one. I just guarantee you that. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Definitely something to watch. And I know you encourage folks to watch John Brown. You also encourage folks to drop John Brown a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago as well. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I don't see any other ones down here, like in a cheap, cheap thing. The only one I could say that, I, that I'm kind of eyeballing. Well, I, I say I'm, well, no, I'm not. Never mind. I'm not. No, I talked myself out of it. Don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go Let's there. Skip your guy, uh, Mooney, at 3,900. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, he, he's definitely, Foles has missed him. If you watch some of those highlights, some of those plays, he's beating cornerbacks. He's very talented in his route running. If he can get enough time, I feel like Mooney can have a, a pretty big day. 
Uh, you look at 3,900, good price tag. Uh, he got 17, you know, at 3,500 against the Saints, five catches, yeah. 69, a touchdown. If he repeats that, you're thrilled. If he can repeat that same stat line against the Titans secondary, who I feel like is worse uh, than the Saints. So I wouldn't discount uh, Mooney there at 3,900. Uh, again, watch the, the Lions situation. They got two guys right down here at Marvin Hall at 3,800 coming off a, a four-catch, 113-yard game, uh, as well as Danny Amendola right below him at 3,700. Uh, again, Kenny Galladay's out uh, with a hip. And so, you know, you got Marvin Jones at 5,100, and then the, the, the wide receiver two and three for this team are right here back-to-back -back at, at 3,800, 3,700. I feel like they're going to be behind the Vikings, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, so those are, are two guys in the value range that you definitely could play. I'd probably lean Amendola a bit right now. If it's Stafford, uh, if it's not Stafford, you may want to look at someone like Marvin Hall who may have more reps, more time with Chase Daniel. Yeah, I just remember I keep hearing that Quintez Cephas name, you know, because he had all those targets that first time whenever Galladay went out. But then he he's he didn't come up very big if he came up at all and then he's been grabbing pine ever since then and he can't even find the field right now there he's in the doghouse the, the i'll tell you okay i'm going to give you the one name that i had and it's just a this is a complete flyer here because of like you said with whoever that jacksonville quarterback name is i gotta mm -hmm. learn it because he's going to be playing the rest of this year who, who is it uh luton jake luton hey, oh bless you i think, it, I think it's oregon state <laughs> sound like he sneezed uh but conley all right, I'm just thinking of who the number one guy is that he's throwing it to in practice and stuff. Who I'm just the, the coach right there. What what what? Well, who's the coach's name? In Jacksonville, I think it's it, Doug Maroon. Maroon. I I got Mooney in my brain. I got Mooney in my brain because I do like the Mooney pick a little bit. Uh, he's he's throwing in the towel, and I just wonder if Conley's not going to see the field more. It's just not something to keep an eye on in Jacksonville. Potentially. So, so I'll tell you, Nick Foles is actually the one that had a really good rapport with Conley last year. Mm -hmm. uh, that's at least what I noticed early on before that Foles injury. Uh, he really was targeting Chris Conley a lot, and you really hadn't seen Conley – uh, take off with Minshew. Uh, so that, that could be potentially a great call by you. I know he's real cheap. He might even be the men. Uh, so Conley's definitely someone to watch with a new quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm, and it'll, it'll be next week. Yeah, but the, I mean, <laughs> unless you're really scraping those $3,000. Well, well, because D.D. Westbrook, he got injured. I believe he's out for the year. I think he tore his ACL. So that's going to open up some some wide receiver reps itself uh, when it comes to the, the Westbrook injury. Uh it's definitely something to monitor for sure. He only played 25% of the snaps last week. Uh, you got Cole, Shark, Chenault played 75%. But again, as you mentioned, new quarterback may be more comfortable with the guys he's passing to in practice. So definitely worth a flyer if you're, if you're in that range and you need someone dead men's salary. All right. Uh, let's jump over here to the tight ends. Uh, I don't think you have any more wide receivers. If, we're, if I'm talking about Chris Conley, you have no more wide receivers to talk about. <laughs> Let's go over to tight ends here real quick. Of course, Travis Kelsey, he's leading us off at 7,200. And you know what? He's all by himself. There, there's yep. nobody else up there on top of that leaderboard anymore because Kittle's going to be done for the year right now. And I don't think that we're going to have an opportunity to play him, of course, because he is on Thursday night. But you and I were talking before the podcast. I don't know what DraftKings would do if these positive COVID tests or possibilities for COVID tests don't come back in time for the NFL to have a Thursday night game. They might push this into Sunday. I don't know if they would push it to Sunday night or Monday night. I don't know what they would do, but it's just something to keep an eye on from a DFS perspective. 
for sure. It sounds like the the Packers did make the flight to San Francisco. So as of now, the the plan is for them to play. But obviously, that can change in a heartbeat. If we wake up in the morning, uh, there's a bunch more positive tests for the 49ers. Uh, you can see it get delayed to a Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, which we've already seen this year, um, or even postponed to another week. So definitely something to monitor. Uh, really tough uh, when it comes to the kiddo injury for sure. I know he's telling the coach, he's telling Shanahan two weeks. Uh, doctors are saying eight. So I definitely probably lean more towards the, the doctors at eight weeks. And that 49ers, just, they're just beat up right now. I think Bourne and Ayuk both tested positive uh, for COVID-19. So if they do play tomorrow, their receiving core is going to be back because they even released Dante Pettis. Uh, who was picked up by the Giants on waivers. So really, really bad options uh, when it comes to Nick Mullins and his his throwing targets this this Thursday if they play. Yes, that's for sure. But Travis Kelsey, he's at 7,200, and I know they're going against the Carolina Panthers. I don't see this being a very competitive game. I, I Kelsey's one of those guys who they may at this point of the juncture of the season want to start limiting his reps a little bit and yes he's going to be out there on the field all the time he's going to play 100 percent of the snaps because we just know that's what travis kelsey does but he may not put himself in a position to get hurt and that that you know i'm, I'm sitting there thinking about all the genius that is in kansas city and that might be a way for them to be able to limit these things a little bit more especially going against a weaker opponent i don't think kelsey's going to be able to pay off that 7200 dollar price point I don't know if he can pay it off, but he's just safe. And and tight ends gotten really ugly this year uh, where a lot of folks, you know, pay up to be safe. And uh, Kelsey was actually in the, the millionaire maker winning lineup last week. Really? Uh, I know it was against the Jets. He had eight catches, 109 yards and a touchdown for 27 points. Uh, and it's really hard for if he has that type of game, it's hard for any other tight ends to to really measure up to that. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's something to pay attention to. I think a lot of folks will try to pay up for Travis Kelsey uh, for one for his safety uh, and his floor, but also for his upside because he has the the best upside now without Kittle for sure. He has the best upside at the tight end position and it can really give you a leg up on the competition if he's low owned because of how much he is. And he has those games where he's giving you 27 points, 22 points, 27 points, which he's done in three out of the last four games. Uh, so he's definitely someone you have to consider if you can fit him in because most people try to pay down at that tight end position. All right. That's good advice. See, I I, I always don't I, – I hate paying up for tight ends. It's just one of those things, and I've been burned by tight ends so many times in my life that it's hard for me to be able to trust those guys to be able to produce for me each and every week. And maybe I should just bite the bullet, pay the big price, just like you say about defenses. Don't go below that 3,000 mark unless somebody really jumps out at you. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just start doing that with the tight end position for myself. I personally liked – Hawkinson going into this week until the quarterback situation comes up in play for Detroit. So now I got to kind of brush him off the radar a little bit. And then I look at Waller sitting there next at 5,800. And I think that, that game's going to be a shootout. So I like that Waller range right there, uh, Pee Wee. But let's go all the way down to Eric Ebron, who also has a good matchup in Dallas. Yeah, so Waller's probably the next safest play. Uh, his His target shares. Pretty pretty safe when it comes to, to Carr and the Raiders. Uh, 5800 not too bad of a price tag. You're looking for about 18. Uh, he hasn't gotten 18, but but once he's gotten 31 in week two. Uh, other than that, he does have a couple of close games at 17, 16, and 15.8. Uh, so he he's definitely capable of getting that that three times value that we tend to shoot for. Uh, and even if not, he's he's one of the safer tight end targets. 
that won't com completely just bust and leave you basically, you know, in a really bad position uh, when it comes to your rest of your lineup if your your tight end doesn't play well. Um, I've never been a big fan of of Hawkinson. Uh, I know him and both Noah Fant. They used to torch my my Indiana Hoosiers. Two and zero, by the way, number thirteen in the nation, Indiana football. Uh, shout out there, uh, big game against Michigan coming up. But Hawkinson and Fant, you know, both attended Iowa. And when you look at at Hawkinson right now, um, a lot of his his big weeks have been touchdown dependent. Uh, he's been at 16 points twice, and each time it, it took him getting into the end zone to even get to that 16 mark. Uh, other than that, it's been 10, 9, 9, 10, uh, and then 13 last week for the, the 7 and 65. So it's hard for him, at least without getting a touchdown, uh, to hit that three times value at 5,100, uh, maybe even harder without Stafford. So I'd probably avoid Hawkinson. Uh, Mark Andrews is very interesting to me. Um, because he does have uh, that upside that I kind of mentioned when it when it comes to Kelsey. Again, the the Ravens have really struggled passing the ball. Lamar's been really inaccurate. Uh, I love my my coach defense. Uh, actually, first uh, against the tight end this year. So yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But at four thousand eight hundred, that's a, a really good price tag for a guy that was really coming off the board uh, number three. Uh, when it comes to redraft leagues behind Kelsey and Kittle uh, for tight ends. He was right in the mix there with, with Zach Ertz. Uh, 4800 good price. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to have a, you know, it's indoors, so it, it could be better conditions uh, for Lamar. Uh, the Colts play a, a good bend, don't break type of defense. They, they try to get pressure with their front four, uh, drop a lot of other uh, players back in zone and, and do coverage schemes. Uh, so a lot of times you can see, you know, good tight ends you know, fit in well uh, in that coverage and, and have big days. Uh, not sure if Lamar's the quarterback to really pick apart zones, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But at 4,800, uh, I do like Mark Andrews' uh, price tag. He's capable of having, you know, that big 20-point game to, to pay off that salary. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, no, I'll let you finish. Let's just say, fan, uh, he started seeing more targets, nine and seven since coming off the injuries. Uh, he's definitely someone you could play there against the Falcons. Uh, Ebron. Uh, he's getting targets, but I'm not a big fan of, of Ebron. He's pretty boomer bust. Uh, he, he does have some drop issues still, and I feel like I more want to target either the Steelers' defense um, or one of the receivers or, or Connor if I'm going to play a part of the Steelers' offense. Okay, I could see that as well. And our next group is with Gasecki. Uh, Gasecki. Gasecki. I always get his – I butcher that name. But, but look, if you look at his name, you can understand why I have problems with it. If I do not speak English very well, that, that name is a tough name. No, Gasecki. And, of course, we got Eric Ingram, who has a great matchup. But, boy, that point total is just so low. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure he can find the end zone in this game either. But let's go all the way down here. I guess Logan Thomas. We'll go the opposite of him down here at Logan Thomas, B. Wee. I like, that, I like, I like both Logan Thomas and, and Evan Ingram this week. Yeah, Evan Ingram's starting to, to see his targets go back up. Uh, he had a span there where he had two and three. Uh, after that, he's had nine and ten targets, uh, which is really good. That's what you want to see. Uh, 4,300. Uh, I really thought he'd have a better season uh, with Daniel Jones, for being honest, and it just hasn't been there. Uh, I know there's been some friction, apparently, with Golden Tate. Uh, after his touchdown uh, this past week, he, he seemed kind of mouth. You know, he wants the ball more. Uh, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. Uh, but Evan Ingram, 4,300 is a, a good price tag. I like Hayden Hurst at 4,100, especially if Ridley's out. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Julio Jones, but you, you may see some of those targets uh, start to get to, to Hayden Hurst. They're starting to get involved a little bit more, seven targets in back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, 4,100, good price tag for him. 
Johnny Smith been a big letdown uh, about three weeks in a row. Uh, really started off the season hot. Hasn't been the same since coming off uh, the injury that he had. Uh, so I pay attention to him at 3,900. Uh, good price range. It keeps dropping. Uh, you look at a few weeks ago, he was 5,200. He's down, you know, 1,300 less at 3,900 against your Bears uh, at home. So you'll, we'll see if uh, Tannehill has a bounce back game. Uh, if he does, it's probably going to be because of A.J. Brown and Johnny Smith at 3,900. Uh, Jimmy Graham, he's he's definitely been a, a target guy for foes uh, ever since he's come in. He's had eight, six, and seven targets. Uh, gets targeted in the red zone. Uh, you can play him at 3,800, but he's he's kind of dealing with a knee and hamstring injury itself. Uh, so that's something to watch out for. And uh, you probably know this by now, but I don't play uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, he has had two good games in a row, uh, so that could be something to, to start to look at. I'm just not going to look at him. I'm not a Logan Thomas fan. I wasn't when he was in Detroit, and I'm not winning uh, with the Washington football team either. I, I should have went all the way down to Trey Burton, right? Because I've been wrestling with Trey Burton or Evan Ingram this entire week on who to play here in, in the DraftKings lineups. And and I'm leaning towards Trey Burton because he actually is getting more rushing attempts than Evan Ingram by one a week, I believe. So it's, you know, he's, I, I, what are we, why are we talking? Why are we talking about how many rushing attempts uh, tight end gets on a weekly basis? This is crazy. I don't know what what coaches are drawing up a running. And I know that's how Trey Burton's find the end zone, but that's really a mirage. His scores have been really a mirage because I don't think we can count on Trey Burton to find the end zone via rushing attempts each week. Well, it's it's the the Frank Reich special. So we had the Philly special, obviously in the Super Bowl where he didn't keep it. He actually threw it. Uh, to foes, but he he definitely likes using uh, Trey Burton down in those goal line situations. He puts him in the wishbone. He he gives him the read option play, uh, and Trey Burton admits that he's not giving up the ball. Uh, <laughs> he, he said it. He's like, I'm not going to give it to the running back. And still, uh, so far, no defenses have been able to stop it. Uh, so that's definitely something to look for if they get down in the in the red zone again, get down towards the goal line. Uh, you could definitely see Trey Burton in the the wishbone. Uh, that coach situation is getting a lot tougher. Uh, when it comes to the tight ends, you got Mo Alley Cox back now. Uh, Jack Doyle's, you know, finally starting to get involved again, which I called a few weeks ago that he probably starts seeing targets. And they're kind of just ciphering targets from each other. Uh, each of them are getting about three or four targets a game, which isn't great. Uh, if one of them gets in the end zone, you're, you're probably going to pay off their salary because they're, they're pretty cheap. Uh, they're all in that low 3K range. Uh, again, Burton does have that wishbone factor, but it's, it's just really tough to cipher. It's more a coin flip. Uh, when it comes to Burton, O'Ali Cox, and Jack Doyle, and which one's going to have a decent week. Yeah, I think for DFS purposes or even fantasy purposes, it's best to stay away from Indianapolis right now other than their defense because it's really they're, – they're, they're not keying in on anybody right now. Uh, maybe, maybe Naheem Hines. Maybe, maybe Naheem Hines. Uh, let's look at the next guys. I don't know that we see any cheap options here that really make me excited this week. I, unless I'm missing somebody, Pee-wee, you can talk to me here. No, there's really no one cheap. I think you can look at Tyler Croft, uh, again, high over under against the Seahawks. Uh, Dawson Knox still on the COVID list. He's been really hit or miss, uh, up and down. He's got a 10-point game this year, 18-point game. So I don't love it, but he's someone there at 3,200 you can look at. I mentioned Doyle if you want to, you know, go heads or tails um, on him at 2,900. He's definitely someone uh, worth a shot at. You can look at Albert O. Uh, when it comes to the, the Broncos, uh, he got in the end zone on his only target. Uh, again, he went to Missouri with Drew Locke, so they have a connection. Uh, so he's someone at 2,800 you can definitely take a shot at. 
uh, if necessary. Anthony Ferkser, 2,800. He's still getting targets, even with Johnny Smith back. He's not getting a bunch, uh, but at 2,800, he doesn't need a lot to, to pay off that, that price tag. You're looking for six, seven points uh, to get the, the three times value there for him. Uh, so Anthony Ferkser at 2,800 as well against your Bears. And I'd watch Will Disley. So it's a, I think Greg Olson's still the main tight end here. But if you look at the, the snaps uh, here week over week, Disley's starting to, to really climb. And he was, he was the main tight end before his injury uh, last year when it comes to the Seahawks. Uh, he actually outsnapped uh, Greg Olson last week, 43 to 37 for 63% of the snaps. Uh, he's gone from 37% to 58% to 63%, whereas Greg Olson's gone down from 83 to 62 to 54. Uh, so that's the situation to monitor uh, to see if Disley, you know, somehow overcomes and becomes that that number one tight end uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, he's still not getting the targets that you want from like a Lockett or a Metcalf. But if you're, again, looking for a cheap punt to just kind of fit in, uh, 2700 for Will Disley's something to definitely monitor against the 28th-ranked uh, tight end defense of the Bills. Oh, and let's not go against my guy Aikens there in Houston as well as I look for a uh, possibility of being able to stack up those Houston Texans this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, good call. He's off the concussion list. He's, he's cleared, so good call there. Full participant today. Yes, thank you. I, that's what I do. I make good calls, Pee-wee. <laughs> and one of those good calls was calling you up for uh, being my DFS expert here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can follow Pierre on Twitter, at Pee-wee31 on Twitter. You can follow me, your host, at uh, Loafin' on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. I love to take the fantasy football community and just retweet all the best items that I could find. And and I do this over and over again just so that's, that the FI Today with a little underscore can be your place to find all kinds of fantasy football information and so i want to direct everybody over to that and don't forget to head over to anchor fm find the fantasy impact today podcast and make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you like you can find them all over there on anchor fm and subscribe if it happens to be on the itunes app make sure you slap those stars around for us a little bit go ahead and leave one of those four star reviews five star reviews i'm not sure which i don't have an iphone is that what you use peewee i do iphone user through and through yeah, I'm, I'm not. Five star review, five stars. Okay, so they give so give us a five star. You can leave a review. You can leave a comment there as well. I, I have to buy a new phone uh, at, at some point. My my wife, my wife is wanting a new phone, so I'm having to buy a new phone. And we usually buy the same phone. It used to be back in the day, whenever you bought a phone, it, it'd be like a buy one get one free thing. You you ever remember that when the cell phone things are you? Absolutely. Yeah, not like that anymore. Not like a, they realize we're far too dependent upon them. <laughs> they they yeah. can hold us. Can hold these. Are over. You're paying yeah. full price nowadays. <laughs> so so I got to do that, and I doubt if it's going to be an iPhone because we just we're just not iPhone people. It's mostly going to be a Sam. I got to figure out which one I'm going to get though. So I gotta I gotta do a little bit of research on that, Pee Wee. But the thing I got to research now are defenses for this next DraftKings Sunday. And we got the Steelers being a high-priced one at 4900 And I like to shoot all the way down there to the bottom, and I look at the Cowboys at the opposite end of things with Pittsburgh. They're at 2000 I like to scroll up and look for a good defense against any of these any of these uh, um, overvalued offenses. Do you see any of those low, cheap prices on defenses that you like? Yeah, I think this is your week, Wes. This is your week Thank to you. shine when it comes to these price ranges. So the, the first one's going to be the Vikings. Uh, you're going to just want to watch the, the Stafford. If he's out, um, you have uh, Chase Daniel or, or, or David Blau in there. 
Uh, you can definitely play the Vikings at 2,400. Uh, they've been solid. Uh, they haven't put up big points, but again, at that cheap price tag, they get you a six or a seven. If you get lucky with a defensive touchdown, uh, that's going to be great. I like the Falcons as well. Yep. Um, I know Drew Locke kind of had a, a bounce back second half last week, uh, but the Falcons defense is starting to be a little bit better. Uh, they're getting to the quarterback a little bit more. Uh, they got six against Carolina the other night uh, at 2.5. Six is actually not going to do too bad. You know, you're getting the, the two times there from the defense. 2,500 for the Falcons. I like the Giants at 2,700 against the Washington football team. Uh, still not a big fan of Kyle Allen. I do feel like Antonio Gibson's uh, stellar. He's a really good rookie running back. Uh, I do like him some, but you're going to have Bradbury on McLaurin. Uh, they, they played Washington already earlier this year, had 14 fantasy points. Uh, so I like the Giants at, at 2,700. I actually like Washington on the other side as well. They're a little more expensive at 3,400, though. Uh, but I think I'd lean the Giants there at 2,700 in that range. Uh, you go up a little bit more. Uh, you got your Bears against the Titans. Uh, Titans defense hasn't really played too well, but, you know, there's been able to get pressure. Pretty much every team's been able to get pressure uh, on Nick Foles. All you need is a, a quick pick six. Uh, based off a of poor decision. Uh, so the Titans there at 3K uh, to start getting that range wouldn't be bad as well. But for the cheap guys, I'd go Giants, Falcons, and then Vikings if Matt Stafford ruled out for the Lions. Yeah, I love the I love when you said the Viking, Vikings and the Falcons because that's who I was eyeballing. Both of those teams are at home as well. So mm-hmm. I just I, I, I love both of those picks. And I'm going to say that the Falcons one will probably be a little contrarian. Just because the Vikings is going to be, they're going to be a real popular pick without Stafford being there, possibly. So I think that the Falcons could be that contrarian pick that not everybody's going to be choosing. I agree, and they're probably the the best value uh, point per dollar on the slate. Uh, Denver's only projected for I think twenty three points. Uh, I don't think Locke's been great. I like Drew Locke. I like his his swag on the sidelines, but he hasn't played the best football. Uh, Philip Lindsay banged up his toe again. I know he's been dealing with turf toe. I'm pretty sure he missed practice today when we get the running back. So you you may just have to deal with Melvin Gordon. So I agree. I really like the Falcons at 2,500. I like the Giants, though. That's probably, if I had to rank them, I'd go Giants, Falcons, uh, then Vikings. But we'll see how the, the lineup kind of plays out because it's all about construction. Boy, you just don't like that Washington football team one bit. You haven't liked them at all this year. I'm just gonna between you and me, you've got something against that Washington football team. I don't they know. They only have a few good players, McLaurin and then Gibson. I feel I like Kerrigan uh, on the defensive end, but he's just not a good team. I don't like Haskins. He wasn't a good quarterback. I don't think Kyle Allen's a good quarterback. Uh, bad division has kind of helped him out. I just I'm just not a fan of the roster buildup right now. Over at running back, which is uh, what we always say for last here on the DFS Dreamer podcast, this is going to be your week. The only week you could probably get Christian McCaffrey for under, what, 9,900 is what he usually hit, 10,000? Yeah, usually in 10K range. So he's at 8,500 now going against the Kansas City Chiefs, who I I could see them being a little vulnerable if we're going with the dump-off passes. I'm not sure if they're going to give Christian McCaffrey a full workload, but uh, McCaffrey usually is one of those guys that just, well, in, in a game like this, he seems to shine. Yeah, he's a he's a slate-breaker every single week. Uh, 8500 is probably going to be the best price range you get for him. Uh, you say if he's not fully you know, incorporated, then that may, that may be a struggle, but if he is, then it's going to be too late, and you're going to miss out at him on this price range. Uh, again, he can he can rush, he can catch passes, uh, he gets majority of the targets uh, down in the the red zone, the the goal line. You you got to pay attention to how they 
incorporate Mike Davis. I don't think they're just going to push him to the side like everyone's assuming. Uh, it's definitely possible, but I feel like they'll still have a little bit involvement, which is concerning. But if McCaffrey's ready, 8500 that's that's quite the price. Uh, he's going to pay that off, I feel, you know, eight, eight, nine out of ten times. Yeah, it might be a good time to go out and get Mike Davis, actually, because this it is an ankle injury with CMC, and it might be a reoccurring thing. He might be able to, you know, he might tweak it. It might get might get twisted up or something underneath there. So it might be a good time to go actually go out and get Mike Davis uh, off the, uh, I'm not going to say off the waiver wire, but trade for him because you could probably, the guy might be hitting the panic button. But I like what you said there because if I'm Matt Rule, one of the reasons why Christian McCaffrey may have been banged up he had a lot of tread on the tire or not a lot of tread left on the tires after such a huge last year. And even the year before they've, they've really run, 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 run and leaned heavily on him. It might be a good time, especially in a season that's starting to look like it's slipping from their grasp a little bit in Carolina that they need to divvy up that workload in the backfield a little bit more just to give McCaffrey a little bit of a break. It would, it would definitely make sense. And it's one thing if Mike Davis hasn't played well, but he's, He's had a pretty yeah. good season. He's been a good fill-in, and I feel like it'd be dumb just to, to, for one, if you rush McCaffrey back, but also if you go back to that super heavy, you know, workload that he has. He was seeing, you know, 95, 96% of the snaps. I don't think that'd be very optimal for them to do that. Uh, they're, they're still technically, you know, hanging around. Uh, they're three and five. Uh, I know there's been talk about a potential, you know, expansion of uh, the playoffs, which, you know, could give them something to play for. But I don't think they'll they'll just throw him to the wolves like that. I like Dalvin Cook, even though he had a big week last week. So it might be a little deflatable week here. But going against those Detroit Lions, he's at 8,200. I think he could pay that off again this week. I think we could see another huge Dalvin Cook week. But let's take this one all the way down. You know, when I look at this, there's not a lot of running backs <laughs> priced really. It, it's really weird. I mean, it drops off of a huge slope here after after Robinson with Jacksonville at 7,000. So just talk about those three first, B-Way. Yeah, big fan of Dalvin Cook again this week. Uh, 32nd ranked defense in the Lions. We just saw Naeem Hines get two through the air. We saw Jordan Wilkins get in the end zone, which put all the, the fantasy industry on tilt that Jonathan Taylor didn't get one of the three uh, running back touchdowns against Detroit last week. Uh, you're looking at 8,200. That's actually still a pretty good price range. Uh, you're looking at around 24 points to, to hit value. He's done that three times uh, already this season out of six games. So he's done that 50% of the time. Uh, even more so if you don't expect Stafford to play or if he gets ruled out, you have to expect that the Vikings are going to get ahead and it's going to be a lot of ground and pound and, and using Dalvin Cook. Uh, maybe a little mixture of Madison in there, but Dalvin Cook, 8,200, I like. I like Derrick Henry. Um, I know the Bears have a really good defense. Uh, Pagano's definitely got them playing well, but again, uh, Henry's just a horse. Uh, he's a hoss. He's he's getting majority of the, the rushing touches itself. I wish he could catch the ball and that they could, you know, do a couple play actions, get a couple more screens going. I think he'd be really good in the open field because guys just don't want to tackle him. They see him coming. If they do tackling, they're probably not going to attempt to tackle him the, the second time around after they feel the, the punishment they get. But I like Derrick Henry, $7,900, $100 cheaper. Uh, when they're down in the, the goal line, sometimes they get cute, uh, do play actions. But the majority of the time, they're getting it to him, you know, and just busting, you know, through the goal line for a touchdown there. So don't be shy. Uh, I still think Henry's a good play, even against that Bears defense at 7900 James Robinson also a really good spot. 
Uh, you got the, the new quarterback coming in, so they actually could be a little more run heavy uh, with James Robinson. The, the Texans have struggled against running backs all season, uh, 29th ranked against the, the running back. So James Robinson uh, could definitely be in play also, 7K if you, you want to pay that price for him. Derrick Henry scares me because he's only hit that price point a couple of times this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that that we're looking for right here. So when I see that, that scares me. But when I also look at that Bears defense, those defensive backs, they're not big at all. It's it's going to be really hard for them to tackle Derrick Henry. And I know that that some defenses have some heavy hitters as far as defensive backs go. I yeah. don't see that with the Chicago Bears. They're more fleet of footed, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I don't. I just don't think that that they're going to like that Derrick Henry running at him. I don't know that he'll be able to pay off pay off that price point though. But somebody I do think that will eat on Sunday. There are teams when you have to feed your running back to keep them happy. Mm-hmm. We know Pittsburgh likes to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. This is a get-right game, not that Connor's wrong, but this is one of those games where you can feed James Connor over and over again and, and allow him to eat this week just to keep him happy, just to, just to make sure everybody understands that you can run the football. And I think that this is this week for James Conner. I could be absolutely wrong because you never know what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to end up doing. But at 6,900, I could see him having a big week. He's missed a couple of times off of having those really big weeks, off of getting those receptions for a touchdown. And I just think that they might be able to do that this week just to kind of swing some points over his way and some touchdowns over his way because every team likes to think about getting 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 their players bonuses you know and Ben Roethlisberger is smart enough to know about how many touchdowns James Conner needs to be able to get a paycheck bonus you know and James Conner knows how many touchdowns he needs to get that paycheck bonus and he's probably telling Ben hey man I need to get in the end zone about about nine more times this year okay nine more times we got to do that against Dallas take me all the way down here to this uh, uh well your guy let's take it all the way down to Taylor yeah, well, I do just to, to stay on Connor. I do like James Connor a lot. Uh, good price range, uh, 6900 uh, Good point total. They're right around 27.5 for the Steelers. Uh, I do expect them to, to win in Dallas pretty handily. I know they're undefeated in the coming off that, that Ravens game, so hopefully it's not a, a trap type of game for them. But uh, I feel like James Connor's in a, a really good spot. Uh, he's also in the passing game, so that, that definitely helps. Uh, with his floor, uh, especially on a site like DraftKings, when you get a full point uh, per perception. So I do like James Conner there at 6,900. Uh, you can watch the the Chase Edmonds situation. Uh, he's kind of he's been the one that I feel like's been the better runner so far this year uh, when it comes to him and Kenyon Drake. Uh, I thought Drake was going to be out. I know he's questionable now, uh, so that's something you you have to watch. I don't like his price range up at, at 6,800. I feel like that's a big jump. Uh, just so quickly, uh, not knowing kind of what his role is going to be. Uh, but when you saw the the Drake injury at the the end of the Seahawks game when that took place, uh, you know, 21 points uh, for for Edmonds. Again, he can catch uh, the balls as well. Had seven receptions against the Seahawks, uh, so he's definitely someone to consider at, at 6,800. I wouldn't play Mike Davis at this price range. Uh, he's probably more for like your your standard you know fantasy leagues. Uh, when it comes to, to not having to worry about the price, uh, if McCaffrey's back, 6700 is just too much uh, for Mike Davis, knowing he's not going to have that that main workload uh, for the running backs. This is probably going to be the cheapest you see Ezekiel Elliott at 6600 I don't think you can play him against the, the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, he's also limited a bit uh, with a hamstring, but he's usually 
high 7K, low 8K guy. So it's really strange uh, to see Zeke at 6,600. And I will tell you this. So this is what I mean about kind of when you see those players that you know are talented players uh, that are in what you could would consider a, a really bad matchup, which this is. This is kind of those times to, to take your, your dart throws. And what I mean by that is these are those plays that a lot of people aren't going to play because they're going to see how bad the Cowboys have been. They're going to see how good the Steelers' defense have been. And they're not going to look at the price tag and say, you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott, uh, first-round pick, you know, all-pro running back, 6,600. Um, they're still at home. Uh, they're going to have a different quarterback who may be able to get the ball up and down the field. Again, I'm not saying uh, to play Ezekiel Elliott, but I think you definitely need to consider it at this price range. Uh, if he's healthy, uh, you, you just look at that. You've had games. I know Miles Sanders has had a big game against the Steelers this year. Uh, I think Derrick Henry had a pretty solid game himself uh, against the Steelers this year. At uh, 15, he got in the end zone. So, you know, you get 15 for Zeke at 6,600. That's not that bad. If you get 20 from Zeke, uh, 6,600, you're ecstatic. And that's all a touchdown or two. Uh, so definitely consider Ezekiel Elliott, that price tag at 6,600. Uh, watch Carson. I'm not sure he's going to play yet. He, he was questionable leading up to that game uh, last week against the 49ers and ended up sitting out. But if going to Buffalo, uh, pay attention to him at 6,500. I know you mentioned Jacobs uh, when it came to that Browns game last week. He got 31 carries. I think that was more due to the weather. So I don't see that happening this week. But I still think he's playable uh, in that Raiders offense at 6,300. Not going to play Gurley this week against the Broncos. Uh, probably not going to play Larry either uh, now that he has Le'Veon Bell involved. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he's been disappointing. Uh, I really like the, the Ravens' run D, so I'll probably avoid my guy Jonathan Taylor as well, uh, especially seeing he's coming off uh, an ankle injury and a limited practice himself. All right, so you mentioned Drake's injury going from questionable, uh, from out to questionable. Let me tell you something about Kenyon Drake, and I've said this a million times. Guy gets nicked up. Uh, little little Kenny Drake, he always gets a little injury here and there. Always has since I've watched him uh, whenever he played for Alabama. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put the pressure on you to not allow me to ever draft him again. Okay, that's <laughs> it's on you now, Pee Wee. I got to put the blame on somebody else. But he, there's no way he's going to play. I mean, you can sit right. there and say whatever. And Edmonds, I don't know. He seems to have a really good connection with Kyler Murray. It's almost like Kyler Murray didn't want, you know, just didn't pass the ball to Drake, and he he throws it to Edmonds, no problem. I, I just they just have a good connection together, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if Edmonds just takes his job away from Kenyon Drake altogether. And I think we are going to see Elliott get a little bit cheaper than what he is right now, even because it's, I don't I can't see how they're going to get the ball past the fifty. And I understand they might have a new quarterback in there and so forth, but uh, you put Elliott back there in the Wildcat, I could see him and Cooper just standing on the sidelines at the end of this game talking. And if they're talking, they're trying to figure out a way somehow, some way to get off this team. That's I just see it. I just, I, that's a, that's my ideas. That's my it, ideas. It's it's possible. Steelers are favored by by thirteen and a half. So. Probably not going to be the, the best game script for him. Again, he's got a dinged up hamstring. I just I like playing those guys, man, when they're they're in a bad matchup but at a really cheap price, kind of like I mentioned with Mark Andrews against my coach earlier. Uh, you just can sometimes take a shot on talent uh, to overcome that price tag. All right. We got Gibson right up here, but I, I should have went one more because I wanted to just say to you, everybody, 
needs to go out and get my guy David Montgomery, huh? Hey, what a what a what a burst in a cloud of dust he was last week. Did you see him almost be able to get away from everybody last week? Did you see that? I mean, he was running down the field and everybody was standing around him. He didn't know what to do because he hadn't seen that much open space in forever, in forever. Okay. Uh, just uh, I think David Montgomery is a good play this week against the Titans. He's uh, only at fifty seven hundred, and I think we could probably go all the way down here to that five K range. Yes, I've never been a fan of David Montgomery's game. Uh, I never understood it. Like just looking at the tape, uh, he just didn't. He didn't hit the the holes like I expected him to. He kind of reminds me of like a a Trent Richardson who I had to live through that oh, when he came to, to Indianapolis. I know he was good in college, but that's just what it reminds me of. I could be wrong, but so far his stats say I'm right. Uh, so I don't like David Montgomery, uh, even at his price. I know he had a pretty cake matchup earlier against Carolina. Really fizzled out 13. He's a good floor guy. He's going to get you probably double digits uh, just because of his touches alone. Uh, if he gets in the end zone, he can obviously pay off, but I'm just not a big David Montgomery guy at all. Uh, David Johnson, I feel like he can play. Antonio Gibson, I don't want to skip over him. I feel like he's definitely in play as well. I do like the Giants defense, so I probably won't go there at 5,800. Uh, but he's been solid, man. He's been a really good back in his first year. Uh, they got rid of Adrian Peterson, you know, because of him, and it, it's starting to show. Uh, but David Johnson, I think he can play against Jacksonville, 5,600. Uh, again, he's also involved in the, the passing game. I wish he'd get more rushing attempts. He's really been, you know, in the teens, lower teens uh, for the most part of the season. Uh, when it comes to his running attempts, I get it. You got Deshaun Watson. You want to air it out. Uh, but I don't mind him at, at 5,600. Uh, Melvin Gordon, someone to watch uh, for sure, especially if uh, Philip Lindsay doesn't play. Uh, he was a non-participant in practice today because his foot dealing with the turf toe. Uh, so he's out, and it's the Melvin Gordon show against the, the Falcons. Uh, I think you can play him at 5,300. I actually like the Falcons against the run uh, quite a bit. Uh, I more like to target them against uh, pass catching backs. I feel like Melvin Gordon can catch passes. He had six uh, mostly dump offs against uh, the Chargers last week, but 5,300 a good price tag for Gordon. Uh, if, again, if uh, Philip Lindsay's out, uh, going on down, you, you want to pay attention to that Seahawks situation again. Uh, looking at uh, Carlos Hyde already being ruled out. If Carson's out, you could probably go back to, to DJ Dallas, uh, who had a big game for the, the Seahawks last week. DeAndre Swift uh, could see a bunch of more carries, uh, especially if Stafford's out. They'll probably lean more on the running game, try to slow things down. Uh, if Stafford's ruled out, 5K, uh, good price tag for DeAndre Swift, who's had a tough Puff go against my coats, but uh, before that had 15, 30, and 14 fancy points, uh, which is pretty good. Actually, really like Justin Jackson this week. Also, mm. uh, he's starting to get the the touches there in the the Chargers backfield. Uh, we actually saw Tremaine Pope uh, kind of get thrown in there as well, and really out touch uh, Joshua Kelly. But I, I feel like they're starting to depend on uh, Justin Jackson. He got forty seven percent of the snaps last week compared to twenty nine and, and twenty four for Pope and Kelly. Uh, he also can catch the passes from Herbert. Uh, so I do like Justin Jackson there at forty nine hundred. Uh, the the Ravens. Uh, Dobbins had a really big game against the Steelers. I know I just mentioned Zeke at 66, but Dobbins uh, had 113 yards uh, against the Steelers last week. Uh, you could see the same type of thing against the Colts. Uh, what makes the, the running backs with the Ravens dangerous is Lamar Jackson and the fact he can do that run uh, play option, run pass option uh, when it comes to Lamar Jackson. So Dobbins and Gus Edwards at 49 and 4,800 will be interesting as well. Yeah, I can see that, and and it does, you know, they're going to have a good one-two punch 
I'm not sure what Mark Ingram's going to do. Maybe they're uh, whenever he comes back because you, you got to give him the ball. You got to respect Mark Ingram. He is one of those leaders. He's he, he seems to be a leader, but he's not a sideline leader. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, he, Mark Ingram's not a sideline leader. He likes to see the field. Uh, that's where Gus Edwards is just going to end up taking a backseat to both of those guys probably whenever that time does come. All right, so I don't know what got into your guy Naheem Hines last week. Yeah. All right. I don't know, but that was amazing. I don't know. I've oft, I've often wondered at the beginning of the year whether or not he was going to be Philip Rivers, Austin Eckler, because you could tell they had a little bit of connection early in the year. That was that was Philip Rivers' safety blanket. It seemed mm-hmm. like whenever he was trying to get familiar with everything. Now, last week, I saw Philip Rivers getting a little more comfortable in that pocket. Maybe maybe there was that internal clock in his head that was the L.A. Charger time zone. But now that he's in the Indianapolis Colts time zone area, it's starting to adjust a little bit, and he's able to take his time a little bit and allow Naheem Hines to run those wheel routes like we saw him do last week. Uh, is Naheem Hines somebody we can't we can't play him this week against Baltimore, right? I mean, at his price tag, you can uh, forty four hundred. You know, the minimum salary for running backs at four K uh, forty four hundred is definitely uh, a price tag you can play him at. Uh, especially if you think about Taylor, if he's still banged up with the ankle, uh, you're you're down to Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines, and, and Hines is going to get uh, the majority of the, the passing work there, and that's where he's most dangerous. Uh, he's a matchup problem for, for linebackers as well as, you know, cornerbacks with his speed. Uh, so that's something to, to definitely think about. Uh, he usually doesn't have back-to-back games like that, so I'm not sure uh, he'll be able to, to kind of duplicate the, the outing that he had against Detroit. Uh, he had a big one, like you said, week one. Uh, against Jacksonville, and I always felt like, uh, personally, Marlon Mack was the the guy for the Colts. I know they brought in Taylor, uh, but Marlon Mack's a really good running back. If you watched him, uh, even when he was at, I believe, was South Florida, uh, just really explosive. Uh, I hate to see his injury because I felt like he was the guy. Everybody was saying, Taylor, Taylor, Dynasty League, yes, it was Taylor, but I felt like everyone was really discounting Marlon Mack, uh, which is sad to see him gone, but Naeem Hines can definitely – do some things out of the backfield. And 4,400 is not going to kill you. Again, only 400 more than a minimum salary. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I thought Marlon Mack was a good, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Really interesting to see what they end up doing with him. All right, so in this bottom tier here, do you see anybody else that we could take a flyer on that maybe we need to? I I could see Devin Booker getting uh, – I say Devin Booker. I did that earlier today with the John Frisella <laughs> show too. I did. I said that very thing. <laughs> Devontae Booker. I could see Devontae Booker getting a couple more carries this week uh, just to be able to give uh, uh, Josh Jacobs a little bit of a break. Uh, potentially. So I would for sure watch the, the coat situation with Taylor. Uh, I know he practices today, but if he's out um, at all, you can definitely look at Jordan Wilkins, who had a, a big game last week. Uh, he's been a really explosive runner to me. He's not one that just really breaks away, but he grinds you out, you know, four or five yards at a time. Uh, so I wouldn't mind him at, at 4,200 if and if Jonathan Taylor's out. Uh, and as I stated, Tremaine Pope, uh, Tremaine Pope kind of had his Kind of a little coming out party there. Uh, he got more snaps than Josh Kelly for the Chargers. Uh, I think he's out in the concussion protocol, so it may be one that you, you kind of limit yourself on. Uh, but if he gets cleared, you know, he had five catches for 28 plus another uh, 10 attempts uh, on the ground for 67 uh, for 14. Uh, that's a really good price against the Raiders, who one of the worst run defense in the league. Uh, 
uh, if he clears the concussion protocol because they're kind of got a three-man committee uh, going on. But I still prefer Jackson if you had to pick one, uh, about 900 more. Okay, Pee-wee, I think that just about gets us wrapped up here. I'm not sure if you like any of those Miami running backs, though, um, down here on the cheap. Now that, uh, what's his name, is out? Yeah, I saw Gaskins out. Everyone was curious why they traded for DeAndre uh, Washington from the Chiefs, and all of a sudden, poof, three weeks Gaskins. So uh, I'm not sure. It's definitely uh, possible. I think Breda is even questionable himself. He didn't practice today because of a hamstring. I know uh, Patrick Laird uh, is limited because of ankles. So Jordan Howard could be in play. Uh, We'll see if he's active. He's been inactive. But, again, another one of my IU guys. Uh, I feel like he's definitely a capable runner. Uh, So if you have all these guys out, Jordan Howard at 4K is definitely someone you can consider, I feel. I guess. I don't know know about that. I I don't know who you could consider. I just hope Tua stays upright enough, long enough to be able to throw the ball a little bit or at least just throw it in the ground so he doesn't get hurt again. Oh, my. Okay, so build me a lineup this week, Pee Wee. All right, so I kind of mentioned it earlier, so I'm going to go naked. Uh, Josh Allen at 7K. Uh, I'm not going to stack him with any of his uh, receivers. I feel like Diggs is the one you want to stack him with. I just don't like the price tag on Diggs. So I'm going to play naked Josh Allen, which works because he does have rushing upside as well on the ground. Uh, That's usually the the way you want to go if you're not going to stack someone with uh, a quarterback. Okay. Uh, From there, I'm going to run it back with Tyler Lockett uh, on the other side of this game with the Seahawks at at 6,800. I'm going to go to the the running back position. So I know we spoke to him earlier, but I'm going to pay up and I'm going to get Dalvin Cook. I'm there at 8,200. I'm going to go down a little bit and take James Conner as well um, at 6,900 running back. And I'm actually going to play three running backs. Uh, I spoke to the Chargers uh, running back situation, but I do like Jackson uh, when it comes to Justin Jackson at 4,900. So those are going to be my three running backs there with Conner, Cook, uh, Justin Jackson. Going to need some relief at defense. Uh, so I mentioned some of the cheaper defenses that I like. I'm going to go with the Giants uh, at 2,700 against the Washington football team. I felt like they had a pretty good showing uh, against Tampa Bay even. I know Brady kind of came through at the end. Uh, but I don't mind the Giants there at 2,700. Leaves us about 4,500. Uh, we mentioned uh, some of the, the value uh, receivers that we like, uh, one of them being Jerry Judy, uh, who I also like there at 4,700. So I'm going to put in Judy there. That leaves us 4,400 uh, when it comes to the, the tight end position and when it comes to receivers. So I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. I know it's a tough situation against my coach. I hope he doesn't play well uh, from a real-life standpoint, but from a fancy standpoint, I think that's a pretty cheap price tag for him at 4,800. That leaves us about 4K. Uh, this is a situation where you can go with a couple things. So you got Keelan Cole. Uh, if you like the, the Jaguar situation with the Texans, you got Gallup, uh, who had a bunch of targets there uh, with Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with your guy uh, because I watched the tape. He's, he's really doing well. He's beating cornerbacks. If you guys can keep foes upright, I like Mooney there at 3,900 against the Titans to, to round out the lineup. I, I don't know how you do that stuff. I You know, I'm, that's just – I start taking flyers at every single position. I don't know how you put in good names at all these places like this. It just, it it amazes me whenever I look at a lineup like this. So I am entering that quarter, bam, just like that. And I do like what you said about Andrews. I know you don't want him to have a good game against the Colts. He's got such a high ceiling though. 
You know, he just yep. it, you can see two or three touchdowns coming from him in this game if they can make it down that far. And any time that Lamar Jackson is facing a team for the first time, it always seems like he's able to get them down in that red zone. And I understand that Brown is that squeaky wheel, but Mark Andrews is the guy he likes to throw it to. Yep, especially in the red zone. So hopefully not for my coach's sake, but if not, then maybe I'll I'll do a little well in fantasy if he if he does have a big game. Uh, hedging your bet. I like how you do that. All right, Pee Wee. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for doing all this research, Pierre. And you can find him over on Twitter at Pee Wee 31. If you happen to have any questions, you can hit him up right there or ask him to ask his wife. I'm sure that that may do you well as well. <laughs> Big shout out to Mrs. Pee Wee. Okay. <laughs> he hates that, by the way. I, I heard that tonight. Uh, she hates being called Mrs. Pee Wee. <laughs> I'm sorry. There may be a burner account made with that name. I'm just I'm I'm putting it out there right now. All right. They, no, great job. I'm, I appreciate getting to know both of you so much. Uh, also, find me on Twitter at Loafinit on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM. Find the listening platform that you like to listen to the show on. Make sure you subscribe there. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your loved ones about the DFS Dreamer podcast. We sure do appreciate you sharing it so much. But more importantly than all those things, Pee Wee and I both want to encourage you to find a way to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.